Welcome to Power Your Profits podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to make your first step towards explosive business growth, this is the right podcast for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Susie. Welcome to this episode of Power Your Profit Podcast. My name is Susie Carter. I'm your host, and today's guest is Jennifer Kaufman. Whew, what a story. She is inspiring impossible transformation. Jennifer is the director and producer of a transformational movie called The Go to Be More. There's got to be more to life. And it's based on a true story of Jen's journey rising up from terrorism and a childhood trauma where she went from barely surviving to absolutely thriving. She's executive producer, two Emmys, a Telly Award, winning films, a new leash on life, the canines for warrior story, and the freedom isn't free, the folds of the honor story. She's an inspirational speaker, best-selling author, award-winning results coach, founder of Rise and Thrive Movement through transformational movies, programs, retreats. Jennifer is on a mission to inspire, encourage, and empower people to rise, thrive, and live their best life ever. Please welcome my guest, Jennifer Kaufman. Jennifer, I'm so excited for our members to meet you. So good to see you. Thank you for being here and thank you for everything that you're up to. Share with our community, what is your magic? Who do you serve and what's your magic? Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me, Susie. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And thanks for having me on your show. What's my magic? So the magic is going out and sharing a message of what do you do when life throws you a bomb? In my case, it was literal. And how do you rise up from that experience and then go from barely surviving to getting to a place where you're thriving in life? And so that's what I'm all about is sharing my story and how I lost everything. And I've been on this journey for the last couple of years of rising up from that and just the amazing people that I've met and the amazing opportunities I've had to pay it forward to help other people that have struggled from trauma. Yes. So talk about that because you just kind of dropped that little diamond, right? Little bomb. You just dropped that little bomb. So when you say literal bomb, you mean bomb bomb. So tell everybody what you mean by the bomb, like when life throws you a bomb, because that's metaphorically, we all experience that, but you had a real one. So let's talk about that story and how it shaped you and who you are today. So in terms of the bomb, I was standing 15 feet from the first of two explosions at the Boston Marathon back in 2013. And I'm a Bostonian, born and raised just outside of Boston, went to school, went worked in Boston, and yet I had never been to the marathon. And this year was different. A close friend of mine, her son was running, and I wanted to support them in cheering them on. And so I, I want to say here, it's not about you know, just a physical bomb. The bomb could be losing your job. It could be an illness. It could be loss of a loved one. It could be anything. You know, for me, it was a literal bomb and I didn't expect it. And, you know, life 
was really good. And then in a matter of a nanosecond, my world was shattered. And so what did that look like when your world was shattered? What happened physically to you? Kind of give us that story. Yeah. So as I indicated, I was about 15 feet from the bomb, about 25 feet from the finish line itself. And I was thrown into the cement barricade. I was wearing a camera with a big lens on it. So I had a lot of internal injuries, but they call invisible injuries. You know, I had internal swelling of the organs. I ended up having spinal injuries. I had a mild form of traumatic brain injury. You know, think about the impact of being just so close to an explosive device. And it literally shattered my energy field. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I had this feeling of completely being shattered. And I say that literally and figuratively, like, I was together physically, but I didn't feel that way. My breathing was out of sync from, you know, my heartbeat, all of that stuff was happening in my internal body. And I didn't, I couldn't walk normal for the first five months. Now I want to pause for a second because in the moment that happened, I found myself on the ground and heard nothing but chaos screams of, you know, from people And when I got my, when I picked myself up, I looked at my friend and I wasn't aware I was injured at that time. I was aware I had pain in my body. I was just present to the situation and what was happening. So we walked for 45 minutes to get to safety when I realized something was serious, was wrong and was admitted into the ER. But that was my journey. And in the ER, My experience was also traumatic and not because the doctors and nurses weren't amazing because they were, but there was a whole host of things that was happening in that moment. And, and I actually had at one point in time, I heard this internal voice said that I needed to learn how to heal naturally, Mm -hmm. which was super confusing to me because I had no knowledge of that. So here I am, you know, terrified, literally wondering if I'm going to make it, you know, to see my family and friends another day. I lost my phone, so I had no way to contact people. And I felt isolated and alone in a place where I don't know what to do. And I was 42 years old. Right. Was your friend hurt in this ordeal? She wasn't. She was in front of me. So I shielded her from the blast. She was not physically hurt. Oh, what a good friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you think, what a blessing. You were totally her armor bear, right? I love that. I would do okay, so that. talk about like you walked for 45 minutes. So when the bomb happened, it was chaos and can- pandemonium. My daughter was in it as well. Like she was upstairs in her office and it was pandemonium. We heard it on the news. I was calling her because I knew it was about around her office. Same thing couldn't get through. So how did you know? Cause nobody came to pick you up. You just got up. Like, I love that. That's beast mode, right? That's how we are as women. We're like, okay, get up, brush yourself off and let's get the heck out of here. Cause nobody knew if there was a second one, nobody knew, right. What was happening. So what was your first indication that you were not okay? So the first thing that happened was To break it down, imagine the whole crowd was electrified and there was music, announcers, everything. Then what I remember was there was this gust of wind 
And it was like that kind of eerily gust of wind. I said to my friend, wow, that was kind of this bone chilling wind. I can't wait till your son passes so we can go get a cup of tea. And then next thing you know, there's this loud explosion. Mm. In that moment, I thought my first instinct was it was a gas explosion because I thought it came from outside of the building I was standing in front of. But that's not what happened. I didn't know that at the time that later I realized it was the bomb that we were standing there. So there was just sheer pandemonium and complete confusion because you're like, am I dreaming this? What is actually happening in that moment? But I saw things that no human being should ever see. Yeah, it's like war. It was a war yeah, zone. it is. And there was 12 seconds from the first explosion to the second. Now, if you had asked if I didn't know that fact, I would have said there were minutes in between. Mm-hmm. But when the second bomb went off, I realized, okay, now there's something else going on and we've got to get out of here. So I grabbed my friend who was in shock because mm-hmm. she's waiting for her son, who we yeah. were just monitoring and he was only half mile out. Mm. And so she's frozen. Yeah. I'm not leaving anywhere without my son. But you asked me a really pivotal question. How did I know to get out of there? I'm going to credit my mom. My mom spent a lot of time in emergency management on a local level and on a state and federal level. We lived about 20, 25 miles from a nuclear power plant. And so my mom worked for the local town, working with all the administrative officials on how to get out. So for years, my mom would say, God forbid something happens. Here's what you need to do. And I would roll my eyes and say, that's never going to happen. I don't need to know this. I just got chills. My mom seeded that for years that I made fun of. I'm like, we're never going to need this. This is ridiculous. But in that moment of all of that, like, I just was like, okay, I've got to assess the situation, get out. And I just went into pure instincts mode. And I was like, okay, we got to get out of the situation. And my friend didn't want to leave. And I literally am grabbing her and I looked her in the eyes and I said, I promise I will reunite you with your son, but we must go now. Yeah. And I dragged her out, not knowing I lost my phone in that ordeal. Right. And it was just sheer pandemonium. People are running every which way. And imagine everything's barricaded, right? And so now we're sandwiched between two bombs, literally. And then there was only one way to go. And so we were running that. And then we got a few blocks away when I realized I don't have my phone. Now what? And so I asked to borrow my friend's phone. And I'm doing my best to keep my composure. And I look at the phone and I'm, I don't remember anyone's number. Right. Who knows anybody's number? Right. Like I still remember my childhood phone number. That's about it. Right. (laughs) That's me. I remember my childhood number and I'm like blank stare. I had to call information <laughs> to get a hold of my mom and I couldn't even get a hold of her. So, you know, it was pure adrenaline, pure desire to seek safety in a situation that was beyond what anyone could even imagine. Yeah. But your daughter can imagine, right? Because she was yeah. there. She can imagine, but she wasn't in it like you were in it. They felt the building rumble, right? And they thought it was the building that had the bomb threat. And so they're all running because, again, like you, they didn't know. Still stressful, still anxious, still like, oh, my gosh, this can't be happening here, 
right? Which God bless your mother, right? I'm sure you thanked her a thousand times. Oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, that saved you, right? Because people got trampled from other people because people are just in panic. And you said something really profound because, you know, I'm going to call it God. You call it, you heard this voice. You know, I've been in situations very similar where, you know, the voice said heal naturally. So talk about that. And then what were the steps that you did? I think there's a lesson in there. When you listen to the whisper, sometimes we're so busy and we have so much noise going on and there was pandemonium all around you and you were still and you heard this voice. So then what did you do? So imagine I'm in the ER. Now they know that I'm a survivor of the bombing. So nurses and doctors came rushing into the ER room. So now I'm being flooded, not with just one, like a whole bunch of them. I was complaining of severe abdominal pain, but they were talking to each other as if I wasn't there saying that I was having, like they thought I was going to have a heart attack because my heart rate was through the roof and all my stats and stuff. So next thing you know, they're wheeling in machines and they're doing all this test. And then I had to go to make sure that I wasn't bleeding internally. I remember being at this point, I'm now alone only with the technician who says to me, I need to inject you with the dye that's going to make you feel all these awful things. Well, she didn't say awful, my words. Right. And I begged not to have that. I was already feeling horrific. I yeah, didn't yeah. want any more. And she's like, we must do the test and you must get this injection of this contrast. And I'm in there going, what do I do? Do I do it? you know, make myself for a worse. Long story short is I ended up taking the contrast. I felt everything that she said I would feel on top of how I already felt. And I am in tears as they wheel me back into my ER room. And at this point, most of the doctors and nurses had left my room to go check on my test. So there was enough, a little bit of quietness, not entirely, but a little bit. And that's when that soft whisper voice came in and it sounded, and it is God. I believe in God too, but this sounded and felt different, right? It was soft and this loving, but yet tone like a parent would say to you, like, listen, right? Like, listen. And the words were, you must learn how to heal naturally. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. You must learn how to heal naturally. I went to business school, Susie. I worked in the financial industry. I did not have any background in health and wellness or the medical field. Learn how to heal naturally. But here's what happened. Because of that experience just a few minutes prior, and I had battled with panic disorder, anxiety, and depression in my younger years because of trauma I had as a child. So I used antidepressants. I used anti-anxiety pills to deal with that. Right. I then over time realized breath work, meditation, this is pre-bombings, yep. were actually more impactful ways for me to heal. So now I just had this experience. I'm now remembering, wait, I got myself off of medication because of other things that I had in my younger years. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I now have a choice. I can admit myself because the doctors and nurses wanted to admit me in the hospital and go down that path, or I had to trust myself over everyone else's opinion. And I mean, everyone else's opinion 
that I should stay, including my parent, including my mom and my aunt. And I was like, for the first time, Susie, and probably my 42 years of existence on the planet at that point, I listened to what my higher self and what God was asking me to do. So I discharged myself from the hospital in the care of my aunt, not knowing, right. not knowing what was going to happen next. And that was a pivotal moment because, and I think that's something that your listeners, no matter what the situation is, is that when you take it, when you slow down enough to listen to that soft voice, we all have it. Mm-hmm. And we listen to that internal guidance and we follow that life becomes like a magic carpet ride. I'm not saying there isn't ups and downs and twists and turns because there are, that's life, but there's this something else happens. And it's like, you start to understand that you, I used to believe like, why is this stuff happening to me? Why? Like, and I used to think of it like this is happening to me rather than for me. Now I learned the for me part during my healing post bombings. So in my 42nd, 43rd year, I started to go, wait a minute here. I've had enough traumatic experiences in my life. Why does this continue to happen? And I'm the common denominator. And so I was like, I don't want this stuff to happen. And that's when I started to really understand more about energy and energy medicine and and how we are living vibrational beings and how, you know, I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. And when we don't deal with trauma, it literally stays stuck in our cellular memories. And then we are walking around, no pun intended, like a ticking time bomb, waiting for the next accident to happen or the illness or whatever. We're not conscious of this. Right. But this is what I started to understand. And I started to delve deeper into this perspective of what if this is happening for me? Right. And then I realized, and this took several years for me to get to this level of wisdom, but I realized what if trauma is a gift? Now, listen, (laughs) of all people, that is not an easy thing to say, but I liken it like this. Hmm. When you plant a seed, whether it's a flower or a plant or a crop, what is it mostly? It's in soil and crap, manure. Yes. What if the trauma in our life is like the manure and it's actually meant to break us open? It's meant to rise us up. It's meant to basically fuel us into our next level of evolution, whatever that looks like. Yeah, we always say, you know, it's the gift that's wrapped in sandpaper. Like it's a gift. Nobody wants that gift, right? I think back when I was a child, my mom abandoned us when we were five. And, you know, my whole childhood, I just wanted a mom. I wanted someone to love me. And I met her again when I was 30. And I realized her leaving was the best gift she could give me. And, you know, when we were with her, it was abusive and she dated abusive men and, you know, abandoned us and never talked to us again. And just, I learned how to be an amazing mom because she was such a shitty mom. I realized that, you know, I did a lot of therapy, right? Did a lot of work on myself to go, this was actually a blessing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my sisters were still mad at me because I went and saw her, but it was so healing to forgive her and go, my life is 
dysfunctional or whatever I thought it was at the time is so much better now because she did leave. Right. And so the gift that's wrapped in sandpaper, nobody wants to be blown up by a bomb and have that effect. But sometimes you need the cosmic boot to stop you. Right. Life has thrown me that so many times. It's like, I don't want to have to go through that again. What do I need to learn? And so in these moments, I always say, what's the lesson I need to learn? What's the lesson I need to learn? And so I'm hearing several different lessons from you. Right. One, listening to my intuition and my natural knowing and my God and my higher power, listening to, you know, it's right behind you, rise and thrive. We can overcome some of the most horrific things in life from the abuse, from the childhood trauma, from my neglect, from incest, from all the things that I went through. I am the woman I am because of that. And it takes a lot of work to get there to realize, oh, how do I fuel this versus because the trauma, if you sit inside of it, it, you know, you start using other vices to cope versus healthy vices to cope, like breathing and meditation. What would you say the biggest lesson? Because you were launching a business when all this started, or you just started a business when this started? No, I was actually in my fifth year of business, and I had just come off my best year in business, but I was looking to pivot my business. So I was looking to get into the speaking world, and I was going to write my first book, and I had just signed a publishing deal with Balboa Press literally a month before. So I was starting to take my business, you know, beyond just me as a solopreneur. I wanted to be able to create a greater impact in the world and to give back. And so that I was just in the early stages of that. And then this happened. And fortunately, I was in a good financial position when the bombings happened, but I didn't work for almost two years. Mm. So I exhausted every penny that I had in my savings, including my retirement savings. And I would do it again to learn what I learned. And so I agree with you. Like that experience was the most horrific experience I've had to date in my life. And it's been the greatest gift of my life. And they're both true statements. Right. And so it's helped me to you know, take what I knew before the bombings and then take what I've learned post bombings and start to reemerge newly, right? And start to create a life for myself that I am passionate about, that I want to, you know, that's calling me forth where I'm thriving and who I am. So here's the irony. The irony is it took the bomb at a marathon to get me to stop running from me. Mm. I was the overachiever. You know, I had a lot of corporate success before I started my own company and did a lot of great things. You know, I became, you know, executive level management by the time I was 24, managing a $16 billion high net worth account. And I had all of this that stemmed from my childhood trauma, right? It's like I used that to fuel me into this success. But then what would happen is I reach all these amazing goals. And I'd be happy and fulfilled for a moment. Yes, girl. Yes. Speak. (laughs) A moment. And then I'm like, is this it? And then I'd go pick another goal. And then I'm like, all right, maybe the next goal, the next bigger goal, I'll get there. And this is what I did over and over and over again. And then eventually I burnt myself out of the corporate world. 
I left that going, there's got to be a better way to life. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to start my own company. And I'm going to go help small and mid-sized companies, take what I learned and help them. I started that in October, 2007, not knowing that in 2008, we were going to have an economic recession. And statistically, about half of my clients should have gone out of business and none of them did. Now I'm not going to, some of them barely got through that time because they were already, you know, scraping by, but we did something different. So they hired me as their coach and I worked with them and their team, but I then brought all of my clients together and we started meeting as a group. So I would meet with them individually, but then every 90 days we'd meet as a group and we basically helped each other and shared strategies and ideas and how we could make it through that challenging financial time. Right. The bond and the camaraderie that was built and people said to me, why are you doing that? They're competitors in some cases or whatever. And I'm like, we're just human beings that are here to help each other. Right. So, you know, there's lessons in all of this, right? Like what if we really shift out of this competitive nature into this collaborative nature in this place of abundance where, you know, there's more than enough to go around for everyone. Yes. And so that's- How do you use this now, you know, in your daily life? Because it was such a pivotal life lesson. How are you using it in your daily life? So here's the thing. I still have overachiever syndrome that I'm working through right? I still get really excited and passionate about things. And then next thing you know, I've put myself in too much and I'm like, I, there we go. I did it again. So here's what I've been working on implementing on a more consistent basis is practicing the pause. It's easy for me to say no when there's no, you know, when I don't have a feeling or resonance, but there are so many different things that I have amazing opportunities that are presented to me. And it's easy for me to say yes. So now it's practicing the pause so that I can stay in alignment with really my heart song. And, you know, Jim Collins talks about this in his book, Good to Great. Sometimes you actually have to say no to the good to keep space for the great. And I've made some mistakes as, you know, in the last couple of years, because I've overdone. And so for me, it's truly slowing down, practicing the pause. And when there's a few things out there, just like getting into that place of quiet and going, which one's calling me forth more so than the other? And then just listening, listening to that inner guidance. Well, I love you really did the impossible, right? So you went from, you know, entrepreneurship, but then you became a producer, a director of a movie and not just any movie, right? You won two Emmys, you won a telly award. So talk about that because that came out of the ashes of the bomb, right? That came out of the direct, you know, that's the God thing. Like mom preparing you, that's a God thing. She's like, I don't know why you need to know this. You need to know this, right? And you're going, yeah, blah, 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 mom, right? (laughs) you know, 30 years later, there you are, you know, going, mom saved my life, you know, got me out of there and my sanity. Talk about what you did, because that's pretty amazing. There's so many people that want to do it and you went, I'm going to do it. Let me give you a little bit of backstory and I'll fully answer that, but this is really powerful. So, you know, when I started my business, I was big into, you know, goal setting and tension and, and bucket list stuff, Right. And so for five years, I had a picture of Mirabal Resort on my refrigerator. 
And in December of 2012, my accountant said, you've earned too much money. And if you don't spend down some of your cash, you're going to end up spending more in taxes. And at that moment, I became aware that Cheryl Richardson and Louise Hay, two women who I followed closely, were having a retreat, guess where? At Miraval Resort. Mm. Now, I've been on their distribution list for quite some time. I didn't see this email previously, but this particular you know time period I had. Long story short is I ended up booking that. And it was the first time I invested that much money in me. That retreat was in February of 2013, two months before the bombings. I meet a woman who's going to become my new business slash spiritual coach. I didn't know there was such a thing, right? but I met this woman. She became my new coach. And she said to me, someday you're going to work with veterans, veterans, everything else she said was spot on resonated for me. But this veteran thing, I'm like, I don't know how I would serve them. I don't know how I could help them. And so fast forward, three and a half years after the bombings took place, I got an opportunity to be featured in Jack Canfield's, one of Jack Canfield's books. Mm -hmm. That opened up a door for me to produce my first film called A New Leash on Life, The Canine for Warrior Story. That was to showcase three veterans who were on the verge of committing suicide and they had post-traumatic stress and TBIs traumatic brain injury. And I was sitting in Hollywood receiving an award that we had for the book I was in with Jack Canfield. And in that ceremony, Nick Nanton presented, I am looking for a small group of people to help me produce my next film, which is to help veterans and to showcase, you know, how these veterans, these men and women can rise up from PTSD. I'm in the back of the room, sobbing in tears. Mm. And I understand that was a God moment, another God moment, right? And so that was got me into producing films. So I produced films that we won Emmys, Telly Awards. I then went to produce a Broadway show with Rudy Rudiger. And this was all these amazing experiences. And then July, 2019, I heard the whisper of God speak again during my meditation that said, you now need to share your story. You need to put your story to film. And I was like, no, I wasn't ready for that. Mm. And so I resisted that for a little bit. And then I was too busy in my consulting work at the time. And I just put it aside. And long story short, I had my consulting work, and I was getting ready to do a 15 city speaking tour and starting in March of 2020 when COVID started. My, all of that went away because of COVID. And I was left with now what? And now what was to produce and direct my film. I wanted to direct it because it's my story and I wanted to speak to what my journey has been like so that other people can understand it's a process The film is different. The film is meant to be an introspection on life. Like what if certain things happened? And what if you were able to cultivate and take the time to understand the wisdom that happened from your own traumatic experiences? And so that's what I did. And we released it. We just released it in the end of 2021. And here we are. 
and we're working on the next series of them. I want to share this with your listeners. I have no film background. I have no other than I produced films, but, and I fully intended to hire a production company, but then as we interviewed them, nothing was working. So the next thing I hear is start your own production company. What? Right. (laughs) But it's listening to that. And you know, this in your own story, you know, I love it. So how do you help people now? So you help not just veterans, but you help women, you help. So talk about what you do and how we can play with you. Yeah. So right now we're creating a series of different programs. One is we've got a year-long program on Thrive Now, and we look at four different aspects of life, one being health and well-being, the other financial. We look at love and relationships and also success. But it's all around how to rise and thrive, you know, through adversity and trauma in life. But we have a special thing for your listeners. We wanted to give people a gift, right? Is that, you know, people right now are seeking, you know, higher information, higher intelligence, if you will. And not everybody, you know, has gotten to the place that we have. Everybody has the ability to get there. And so we wanted, so some of the producers for my film and some of the people in my community wanted to gift people with a 30 minute free Oracle card reading to help them, whomever, whatever their question is on their journey. So that's how you can get engaged with us. We have a community called risethrive.life that we're just starting now. And that is to create this community space where people feel safe to to share their story, but more importantly, share about how they've been able to rise up Um, and how they've used their traumatic experience to fuel them to becoming a greater person. Okay, so share for those of us that don't know what an Oracle card reading is, what is that? An Oracle card reading, to put it simply, is say, for example, you have a question, like a burning question about whether to make a change in your career or change in where you want to live or something like that. You come to the table with a question and the other person, you know, the person that's doing the reading will just basically pull a few different cards from a deck of cards And that will give you insight and wisdom from the spirit plane about your specific question. So we don't ask the question in advance. You just come to the 30-minute free session and basically whatever question is a burning question of yours. And then we share whatever wisdom comes through the card reading itself. I love that. That is delicious. Thank you. And it's only for you, your listeners. So you know, they've got to come in, come watch the film and then put in the code Susie Carter 30, which I think we gave that to you. And that gives you a 30 minute complimentary session and it's free. There's no obligation from that. And we just invite people to come on this journey and share their insights and wisdom like we will with them. I love that. So the link will be in the bio and it'll be in our show notes. So please take advantage of that. Jennifer, thank you for your profound story. Thank you for being a gracious listener to your higher being, right? I love when you can take horrific, you know, life challenges, you know, and turn them into something that's meaningful for the world. Like truly the lessons that you learned, you didn't keep them to yourself. And I appreciate that. It's inspiring to hear. It's inspiring to see. You always show up and show out whenever I see you. And I appreciate you and I appreciate the journey that got you here 
to this platform. So thank you. Thank you for your insight, your wisdom, and more importantly, just your love and compassion. And when I first met you, I had no idea that your daughter went through that and you can't make this stuff up. The synchronicity is here. So just thank you for the amazing work that you do in the world and for the opportunity to be with you today and your listeners. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at https colon double slash poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.